0: Well, hello there, Meow Mentors. It's Cat Lady Justin, and this is the Kitty Boss. Pick, pamper, and protect your practically perfect pussycat for a lifetime of unconditional love. And today is the second Friday of the month as we're recording this. So it's our regular monthly catch-up with the famous cat chaplain and cat behaviorist, Dr. Rachel Geller. And uh, my friend Bella, yes, we are live. So uh, there we go. Uh, I love those comments. They they really keep me on my toes. But anyway, let's bring in Dr. Rachel and see how she's doing. How, Dr. Rachel, thanks for coming on the show again. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you for having me, Justin. This This is always such a pleasure. So thank you.
0: Oh, it, is, it definitely is for me. And wait until you guys hear what Dr. Rachel is uh, bringing to us today. It's something I didn't know about cats. So uh, hold, hold on. We'll talk about it in just a few minutes. And I, I love Bella Donna Doolittle, who seems to have been so eager to hear us today that she she was there a, a bit early. Started no sound. You know, she was really worried about where we were. We tend to, so just for future reference for everybody, really, I tend to start the live stream and just leave it for a couple minutes to run. And that, I think, makes it a little bit more stable and it gives it time to sort of get the jet going and also gives time for some people to tune in uh, if, if they're late. And then I come on and do my intro and then I bring my guest on. That's kind of the habit I've gotten into and it seems to work pretty well. So it's uh, as we're recording this, it's uh, April And it is springtime. Uh, I have also celebrated my birthday two weeks ago, so I'm a bit older. And uh, Mm -hmm. so we've got lots to talk about today. Uh, Our friend Joel Tan says, meow, meow. Well, meow back at you, uh, Joel, and maybe a couple purrs too. But uh, anyway, so back to the subject at hand. Our um, good friends, uh uh-oh, what's this? long week of emergency kitty surgery you need some relaxation ah yes well anyway uh bella i hope those surgeries went well weren't too extraordinarily expensive i was just talking about that today uh with my pa about uh scurgeries and all that because uh it could get expensive and insurance ooh, that's an issue I, we're gonna have to eventually do a show on insurance um our friend Kat Savant says, "Happy belated birthday! Happy belated birthday to you!" Uh, and I think I mentioned to you on your post that IPa, uh, who was here, saw the uh, uh, your product, saw saw that on my table actually because it wasn't connected at the time, um, and uh, she wants one. So she's going to get one through her relative in the USA because she's here in in Britain. So uh, that's really cool. So for anyone who can see the screen, Cat Savant. Is where you want to go to find out more uh and our friend of course the crocheting cat behaviorist with the most beautiful crochet hand-done products that you can use for you and your cats uh as well as being a behaviorist says hey friends well hello there uh oh that's awesome thanks of course that's <laughs> my pleasure so okay back to the springtime with kitties and kitties and kitties so uh our friends at uh bella and duke uh shared a really good article Uh, Everyone who knows me knows that I am an evangelist for this particular brand of cat food, not because of any particular uh, riches that I get out of this association, but because of the abundant health that it has given to my Emily and my Charlotte. I mean, dandruff gone in two, two days that has plagued them for eight years and never came back. I mean, that is pretty miraculous. Uh, just by switching their diet and, and also this is the best part Charlotte, the long hair, used to get brushed every single day and still got knots and mats even I had to take her to the vet once for a, a shave which cost me 60 British pounds and now I don't even brush her, I, I must brush her 2-3 times a month maximum and her fur is perfect Everyone who sees her, who comes to the house says, oh my God, her fur! how, how many times a day do you brush her? I don't brush her. A long hair cat that you don't brush. Now, you ever heard of that before? I haven't. And it's all thanks to the cat food. And then I didn't even mention the gingivitis that gone away and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, if you are in the UK, uh, send me a message because this show is not about that. Uh, we had, of course, a whole show with the founder of Bella and Duke. But if you're in the UK, uh, at this point, I recommend no other cat food. Because, at first, I was reluctant to do that because of the fact that it could be expensive for people. But the founder made it completely a non-issue, so that every single budget can afford to introduce some of this and the benefits uh, of this. So there's literally no no excuse, and no excuse not to try it, because the trial, the two-week trial, is cheaper than anything you'll find at Poundland or Home Bargains or any cheap of the cheap cat food. So, so that's at least the trial. And then after that, he, he made it literally affordable to every to fit every budget. So uh, it's the only food I recommend if you're in the UK. And if you're in the USA, I know of a couple. I know of Boss Cat brand. That's really good. But it's, uh, you know, maybe... Almost as good, if that makes sense, because this one is just out of this world. But any, And also, I haven't tried the other one. I've just kind of tried to figure that out. So anyway, back to uh, springtime. So our friends at Bella and Duke, and that's who they are, shared a wonderful article with the uh, short list, short list of the 11 sort of most common plants that are toxic to cats. Now, there's a huge list. And our good friends at Cat Protection created a robust list of that. We don't have time to go over that. It would take like six hours, but they created a more robust list. Again, if you're listening or watching this, uh, you can always send me a message and I'll send you the a copy of that PDF, no problem, because it's, it's a public service that our friends at Cats Protection uh, did for everyone. Um, but here's the short list that uh, is actually very common for this season. And as we're entering into spring, I think it's really important. And I'm sure that Uh, at least on some of these, Dr. Rachel will have some commentary, especially around the Easter lilies. So the number one nasty plant uh, that uh, I recommend you absolutely eliminate from your life if you own a cat is lilies.
1: Yeah. Yes. Very toxic, (laughs) very dangerous. You know, it's funny, when you said about the very long list that you have, people will say to me, you know, what well, plants are okay for a cat? And sometimes they, I'm a little flip, and I'll say the plastic ones, the <laughs> ones, because this, the list is so long, and yeah. the truth is the list encompasses everything from the most toxic, like lilies. But the fact is that any cat who ingests any leaf or foreign substance or something that has pollen on it is at risk for getting, you know, and anything from an upset stomach to an obstruction to having you know even if it's not deadly having some type of allergic reaction to it so um you know it's one of those things that you really have to be very very careful with whether it's on the list or not but yes lilies are the worst and unfortunately you know they're so beautiful they smell so Mm. nice. people really like them in the house this time of year but not not a good idea if you have cats
0: yeah definitely so so lilies is the is like the worst Uh, it's kidney failure uh, guaranteed (laughs) for your cat. If they ingest the lily or even if they get the pollen on their fur and lick it off, it's kidney failure uh, imminent. So please, if you have a cat, uh, lilies is the number one thing. Just don't have don't have lilies uh, and don't interact with don't don't go and brush up against a lily and have some on your coat and then cuddle your cat and kill your cat. Just don't do it. Uh, So that's anyway, that's number one. Number two is daffodils. So daffodils are another beautiful plant um, that uh, is really is toxic to cats. So please avoid that one. Uh, Dr. Rachel, if you can stop me anytime you have extra commentary on any one of these, that'll be helpful rather than be trying to solicit at an any time. Uh-oh, let's see, what is this? My Penelope even eats my. F-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even it, it's never fails. I go the most overboard I could possibly can, and there's always one in every cry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's always. Well, your Penelope is a princess, isn't she? And she actually Penelope has her own, uh, her own social media presence, which is just great. Which you know, so everyone should should take a follow of Penelope, which is the anyway. It's so a princess Penelope. So, uh, uh, there's some of these that I have little pictures of. Uh, and I think that is um, possibly helpful because we might not know what they look like. So I'm assuming everyone knows uh, what a daffodil looks like and what a lily looks like. But anyone comment and, and tell me if you don't and, you know, we'll send you a picture <laughs> if you really need it. So then the next one, which I might show the picture of, is called the crocus autumn, the crocus. So now I, I've, I've heard of it. I know what it is, uh, but it's, it's not something that I was uh, totally aware of. Uh, I do get these in my garden, so I got to be really careful when the cats go out. Now, I'm going to try and put my phone up, but I can't put it like here because you'll see what happens. It goes blurry. So it's got to be by my face. Hopefully that helps. Now, I encourage everyone who can't really make that out to to go and um, Google it. But the crocus, another beautiful flower, is very dangerous for cats, right?
1: It does, it does kind of seem like the most lovely and fragrant flowers are the ones that they are most allergic to <laughs> Roses are okay. You
0: know, roses are okay. Uh so the next one is an interesting one. Another thing that tends to wildly pipra, you know, appear in my garden is the foxglove. So I'll show you a picture of that. Now foxglove for those who don't know, is also the plant sort of where they get digitalis from. So, you know, like medicine, heart medicine and stuff can come from the foxglove and it's real a real pretty, you know, thing with bells on it and everything. And it is also toxic to cats and to be very careful and avoid, you know, and when I say it's in my garden, it's not because I grow it. It just tends to wild seed in there. But also remember, uh, for those who don't know, my cats are indoor house cats, so they don't really go out. And when they do go out with me, they're very much supervised, like, you know, like I am almost like oppressive big brother, you know, you know, uh, over them. I watch their every move. The second they get too close to the hedge or whatever, I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I shout their name, and they know what that means. They know exactly what that means. So the foxglove is another one. Then there's the, now here's one I didn't even know what this was. It's called a fritillary. So I'm gonna try and show the picture. I'm sure I've seen these before, uh, but the frit, uh, it's that's going to be too small, I think. So uh, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to Google it, guys. But fritillary, f r i t i double l a r y. I didn't know what this plant was. It's quite common. And really needs uh, to be careful. Uh, Dr. Rachel, did you know what a fritillary is?
1: I have no idea. Right, I will okay. Say, well, like, you know, to your point before that, you know, people might think, oh, I'm not growing that in my yard, in my garden, mm. but there are things that kind of spread. And, you know, not to be overly alarmist, but, you know, sometimes people who come into your home who have walked through, you know, yards or places where the, there are these plants and things that get tracked on your shoes into the house or an issue as well
0: ah yeah especially right. yeah we should be especially careful of that i didn't think this of that that's of a year, that's you know, a good one
1: yeah I mean, <laughs> thank you that's why i get paid the big bucks <laughs> <laughs> you know this time of year we're out and about more we're, we're you know we're taking walks we're enjoying the yeah uh, environment and, and you know concurrently there's tend to be more wind and things are blowing around and things are pollinating and you know all kinds of things are happening in nature and it's very easy to get on the bottom of our shoes especially if you think of like you know running sneakers and things like that they have all those patterns on the soles you oh, know not much in a flat pair of dress shoes that you can wipe your feet when you come in but um you know things like running sneakers or hiking boots or lug soled shoes which you know i'm a dedicated follower of fashion i have many of those myself you have to really be careful to wash oh, them yeah. you know wipe them off before you come in
0: yeah and for those of you who don't know the joke uh dr rachel does not get paid for her (laughs) services she volunteers them out of the goodness of her own heart and i know what you're thinking for those of you watching for those of you listening you don't know but for those of you watching are thinking how the hell does a 30 year old woman afford to 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 give away her services like that well uh, i am not here to to sort of out anyone or reveal anything they don't want to reveal but let's just say that if you do her birthday, you would want all of her beauty secrets, all of her fitness secrets. You would want to know what she eats. You would want to study her under a microscope if you knew what her birthday was. Well, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, but my the-
1: face is the color of your shirt. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's all right. So I'm just I'm just saying because uh, people watch it, they they literally might think, you know, what the hell does she know? Not because of anything other than uh, you look tr- too youthful to to have any knowledge. I have the same problem. <laughs> so. I have the same problem. I walk into a boardroom. I'm older than half of the people in there, and they stay. And they still think I'm I. I got no experience. I'm like, well, you know, um, you, you want to see my ID? I really. It's not fake. I'm really that old. But uh, so the fertility is 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 the other plant. Um, and uh, watch out what's on your feet, on your shoes, your dirty shoes. So the next one is juniper berries. Now uh, that this one's interesting because you know you can sometimes you can sometimes make uh, certain foods out of that, but the juniper berry, which again, you might be able to see it, but you probably won't, uh, is another plant that's da- it's dangerous. So you're going to want to be very careful with the juniper berry. Um, and then here's another one that I actually also did not know what it was. And this picture is almost ridiculous because it doesn't, even if you saw this picture, you can't actually, you know, make out what that is. Uh, so Google it. It's and it, it, it has a terrible name too. It's called dogbane. So of course it's toxic to cats. It's not <laughs> called catbane. It's called dogbane. But uh, anyway, I don't know what it is. Do you know what that is? I have no idea. Okay. Well, if you see dogbane, uh, you're gonna have to be careful. So uh, I suggest again look up these things if you don't know what they are. But at least you'll have the list of the eleven most common ones here. Um, and uh, so the next one is another really pretty one. Called the Star of Bethlehem, so I'm sure you know about that one, right?
1: Yes.
0: The Star of Bethlehem plant again, toxic to cats, so we got to be careful of that. Uh, And the next one is another beautiful little flower, but little I get them in my garden. They're little tiny flowers, but they're really nasty for cats, and uh, they're called the periwinkle. Just like the just like the color, that's probably where the name of the crayon came from, is periwinkle, and it's this little flower and it's uh, sort of like a ish type bluish bluish-purplish-type thing, and it's not good for cats. Uh, and the next one is called water hemlock. Now, that's not surprising because, you know, hemlock is, you know, or a poison hemlock specifically is what killed Socrates, <laughs> Plato's teacher in, 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 in the Greek uh, philosophy. Uh, hemlock is poison, so if you have enemies, you can, you know, make a tea out of it and serve it to them and kill them. I'm joking. Don't do that. Uh, but hemlock, water hemlock is dangerous for cats. Uh, I know in my area, we get lots of it by the canal. So uh, if anyone lives near me, you know, and you let your cat out, be careful. If they wander over by the canal, they'll see tons of this stuff. Uh, and hopefully they don't ingest it. So water hemlock. And the last one is another one. I actually, not too sure. Another. It's another one of these. I'm not too sure what it is, but it's called the U. Y-E-W. You know that one
1: i've heard that yes
0: yeah okay very toxic to cats so the you plant so those that's the that's the list of 11 so I'll, i'll go through the list one more time so that everyone can write it down if they want to uh so it's lilies daffodils crocus foxglove fritillary juniper dogbane star of bethlehem periwinkle hemlock water hemlock and you
1: and according to our viewers fake plants too <laughs> and, and
0: fake plants too you know but but actually uh fake plants is not it's not that it's toxic it's more like what you always recommend it can cause obstructions in the cat's yes, digestive yes, system yes, which yes. then becomes a health hazard yeah so we talked about those but i you mentioned something interesting at the beginning which is the list of plants that are uh, Toxic is longer than the list of plants that are safe. So we actually have uh, resources here for plants that are safe for cats. So uh, there's there's three things that people can look up or again, message me if you want, I'll send you the links. Uh, one is called Leaf Envy. Uh, it's, just, it's a website, it's a UK website. So it's .co.uk, Leaf Envy. They have a list of plants that are safe for cats. Another one called The Little Botanical. They're a .com, they're a U.S.-based uh, pet-friendly, cat-friendly lists of cats, the little botanical. The last one is, is plant, is uh, patchplants.com. They also have a, uh, a list of those. So there's, there's, there's resources for that, too. Uh, and I think you're right that it it's easier to look at that versus trying to remember the huge yeah. list of over 100 plants that are toxic to, to cats. Of varying degrees obviously so some are deadly like like we said the lilies but some you know might just give like some discomfort pain and digestion that kind of stuff yeah. uh but still to be avoided because you don't really want uh, you don't really want to do that to your cats do you no. so
1: nobody so, wants cats throwing up or in distress yeah, yeah
0: i don't i don't or in pain or whatever they're not so cuddly when they're in pain and you know so uh shout out and big thanks to our friends at bella and duke for uh publishing that particular uh, list in their in their most recent uh, blog post article, uh, and I think that's very helpful to know. So that's the that's the first thing you want to talk about is plants. Is there anything else you want to add to that?
1: Um, just that also plants. You know, many people are allergic to plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just like you know, I know a lot of people are allergic to pollen. People allergic to the different stuff floating around in the air this time of year. People allergic to the plants budding, the trees budding, and so forth. But, um. Just like us, our cats can have allergies as well. So cats can have allergies, cats can have asthma. So if you notice your cat's in distress, if you notice your cat is maybe panting, if you notice your cat seems to be struggling to breathe, or maybe after play, she seems to have to like catch her breath or rest a little bit, it's definitely worthwhile to talk to your vet about the possibility of your cat having asthma or some type of allergy.
0: Well, that's interesting cat, cat asthma, not something I was and cat allergies, not something I was aware that they, they got, but uh, it's, it's very important to know that they can get that because obviously, you could save them and you a lot of uh, heartache, a lot of hassle, a lot of, uh, you know, difficulties by getting that treated, and it is treatable. So uh, it's worth exploring that option.
1: I had a cat that I had to give like a little, you know, teeny tiny inhaler to for his for his asthma. So (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's really, almost
0: cute it's like when i brush my cat's teeth people find that cute when yeah I, yeah you it, know it, yeah it's it
1: cute but you know i don't think people always realize you know we're we're very aware of our own allergies and and mm. the, all the allergens that seem to p- specifically come this time of year but cats can also have seasonal seasonal allergies cats can be allergic to that same stuff floating around that we are so really if you notice, you know, as things are blossoming and blooming that your cat maybe has some runny eyes, your cat seems to be trying to catch your breath, you know, almost the same symptoms that we would have as people. Be sure to run that by your vet because it's very possible that your cat does have some type of seasonal allergy.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's fantastic to know because uh, cat allergies and, and especially in the springtime when all the plants are starting to bloom and everything, it's really, really important. Now there's a saying, there is a saying that I'm sure everyone has heard, which is uh, apropos to this season, which is "April showers bring May flowers." So, uh, if you, of course if you're in in a hemisphere or part of the world where it's like winter, or you know we're not heading we're the opposite seasons, then just remember this for you know when you when you are uh, running into this season, and of course this particular expression might not apply in parts of the world like Australia and everything. But, uh, but for our, our parts of the world and for our purposes, uh, the rainy weather and the rainy season uh, is important to be careful of because, you know, like my cat's asked to go out um, and I sometimes do take them out supervised, like I said before, but not when it's wet, not when it's muddy, not when it's raining, even though I think Emily wouldn't mind so much, you know, getting a little wet and all that. So I think... It's really, really important to know. Ah, look, so, um, let's see. So here we have uh, Toxic, Bella and Duke blog. Yes, that's exactly right. So lilies, daffodils, crocus, exactly, that's the list. And the uh, Leaf Envy, uh, the Little Botanical US, yeah, perfect. So thanks for summarizing that for us. Uh, If there's a way, I'll try to figure out how to pin your comment to the top, because that's an excellent, excellent summary. That's exactly what we, we talked about, so thank you. Uh, Bella, I hope that's that's what I' okay to call you um, for doing that for us. So thank you very very much. Um, but anyway, so wet cats is what we're talking about now. So cats getting wet. Uh, so it, like even Emily might not mind so much. I don't want her to come in wet and muddy and filthy and dirty and all that kind of stuff. So what do you suggest about that? Am I being too uh, I don't know prudish or pedantic or or something about that? Should I just let her go out like a little like a little kitty pig and just enjoy <laughs> herself, or am I being overprotective, or is
1: well, that smart
0: not to let the cat get soaked and yeah.
1: muddy? I'm I'm of the ilk that you always want to err on the on the side of caution. So we don't really know what's in any of those things that they're rolling around in. You know, a puddle, the dirt, the dirt, mud, whatever. We don't we don't know what's really there. And what the first thing your cat's going to do when she comes into your house is start cleaning herself. So we don't know what she's rolling around with so and so um, naturally we don't know what she's going to ingest when she starts to clean herself and the fact of the matter is when she comes into your house and starts rolling around and you know jumping on your furniture and your couches and and so forth you you not her are going to be the one love to clean it up so I mean I can I totally understand mm-hmm. not wanting to have to clean big messes off your off your couch, off your bed, off your carpeting, you know, that's completely reasonable. I mean, people who have toddlers and little kids won't, don't want them to roll around in the mud for the exact same reason. So I think that is not out of line at all. But you know, again, just on our theme of safety, that we, we don't know what's in those puddles. We don't know how long that water's been standing. We don't know what's been spilled in there. We don't know what's run off into there. So to me i think it's just like common sense not to let your cats roll around in places that you know you don't know what's been there you don't know what's in there that seems very reasonable to me and i would not say that you're being too overprotective for sort of having that that basic rule
0: Hmm. okay thank you that's i mean that's what i thought and and if you would have said yeah you're you're it's overkill justin i don't think i would have changed my habits but uh but still uh thank you for, for validating that i guess uh Bella Donna Doolittle liked my little expression there, Kitty Pig. So, <laughs> and, and that reminds me, uh, I need to remember next month when we meet to show you and everyone the birthday presents I had uh, from my partner. Because they were all cat themed and they were and some of them are really funny. So I thought of Kitty Pig because I got this book about, it's just a funny little book with it, colorful comics and everything and it's it refers to humans from the cat's perspective as the gorilla pig so i thought that was hilarious so that's what i thought of it i'm a gorilla pig then you you're a kitty pig so um so there you go but uh i'll show everyone the book and the little pen and the little cat themed stuff that i got from a birthday but i'll have to do it next month because if i run downstairs and all that now it'll take too much time but uh but still I need to remember that. So that's uh, that's a memory jogger there for you. So yeah, so there's, there's the issue of that. But there's one more thing uh, when it comes to uh, the wetness and the muddiness and all that kind of stuff. And it's something that is often overlooked. And it's something that's often overlooked in humans, too, to be honest with you. And that's parasites. There are parasites in puddles of water. There are parasites in the mud. Uh, and they're not healthy parasites. Not always. They're not always there. I mean, you could you could go and jump in the, jump in there and be fine, but you could also come back with liver flukes. They're little things that go and live in your liver or the cat's liver, and, and they're very dangerous and they're not good for you. Uh, or other things. They're little larvae. All kinds of stuff in there. So parasites is another thing uh, to be careful. And another reason to avoid. Um, too much wet muddiness of your cat, as much as they might like to uh, to get down and dirty, sometimes uh, that'll be another trip to the vet for more, you know, pills and medication and stuff. So remember yes, that,
1: especially stagnant water. You know, think of avoiding. I mean, I agree, avoid the whole thing. But if you're, you know, if you have to sort of pick your battles, you know, puddles that have been sitting there for a while, those are that's the prime parasite, you know, breeding area so you definitely want to stay away from anything that's been stagnant that can form a microfilm that looks like it's been sitting there for a while you know you guys all know your area and what the rain has been or not been so you can kind of make that judgment but um, anything stagnant in general is usually rife with bacteria parasites and again if you see that little like microfilm on top then really that's a, a big red flag to stay away
0: yeah, definitely, because who knows, that might, might have mold, spores, or other things in it, also not good for you or your cat, right. so so let's just stay away from that, and of course, there's the famous thing, which people really uh, have made a big deal, to, you know, blown out of proportion, but it's actually pretty rare, uh, especially for a human to get it, which is toxoplasmosis, which people are always saying, oh, don't touch the cat poop and all that, I mean, why would you want to touch the cat poop anyway? And so I wouldn't. And so, uh, yeah, don't touch the cat poop. But your cat isn't gonna have that particular parasite uh, all the time. And it's not guaranteed they have it. And if they have it, it's not guaranteed they'll pass it to you, but they can. So we wanna be careful of those things also for our own well-being, uh, because there is a chance, even though it's a small one, that the cat can get sick, the cat can pa- then pass it on to you and then you get sick. So, uh, you know, just avoid those kind of things yeah, because, uh, you know, uh, good.
1: My understanding with that, and I'm not a veterinarian, but I believe it's the most, um, problematic in women who are pregnant. But I think aside from pregnant women, it's really not considered a huge risk. Um, for those of us yeah. who are healthy.
0: Most, most people don't get symptoms. So most people yeah. will, 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 get it and it's, they don't even know they have it because they have no symptoms at all. Right. Obviously if you're carrying a child, Uh, that's a big deal because the child's, you know, and your immunity is intertwined at that point, as are the digestion and everything else. And so that could pass on to the developing fetus. And obviously they're not quite as strong as you are yet. So that will cause complications guaranteed. So obviously, you know, a pregnant woman needs to be extra careful. But that goes without say, because that goes with for everything that the pregnant person is doing. Whether that's you know minding the cat, changing the litter box, preparing food, eating, going out, you know, you just have to be a little bit—not too much, but a little bit extra cautious in everything that you do. Yes,
1: because exactly. Because you're
0: protecting another developing, nascent life form.
1: Yeah, and I um, think most people anyway would use the scoop or use a plastic bag um, at any rate. So, yes, yeah. not not one of those things. We, I think, non-cat people tend to make a big deal about that, but. Yeah. Right yeah, the they think is- they think
0: also that that it's super easy to transmit. Like I saw an episode of Family Guy. I mean I, I do like that show, uh, although I've seen every episode now. But I saw an episode of Family Guy where the cat, you know, gets toxoplasmosis and, and it turns into this evil thing that then just puts a little scratch right there on the human, and then the human has it, and then the, and then it takes over the human and turns them into a completely subservient cat slave. Uh, a cat person, but a, a slave to the cat. So they kind of made it a really big deal, but you know, yeah. for comedic purposes and all that, but it really isn't like that. It's not like one little scratch from your cat and boom, you yeah. have it and then you're like under control. So uh, so, so there it is. Now it says, this is interesting because from our understanding, it's usually from consuming raw food or eating mice, very unlikely in indoor cats, right? So that's, that's tr- true, but it's only partially true. So it's true, it's unlikely in indoor cats. It's, uh, it is true that you know you eat a mouse or some other creature that's carrying it, and that is more common. But in terms of raw food, that would be if the raw food is, is prepared in an unsafe way. So if the raw food is prepared in a safe way, uh, like Bella and Duke food is prepared in a, in a, in a clinical standard with human-grade meat, then there is no risk at all for any infections or pathogens or anything like that. So I want to be careful when saying that because raw food is the best diet for cats. uh, But you want to be careful, obviously, because if you go to a brand that isn't, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing or cutting corners here and there, you could end up with problems with it. Or if you're preparing your own uh, raw food, again, if, if you're not doing it in a safe and hygienic way, then yes, you could be introducing all kinds of uh, bacteria and pathogens and all kinds of other stuff. But a certified sort of raw safe uh, production is uh, absolutely safe. And again, in the UK, it's Bella and Duke that I know. In the USA, I'm not sure. Um, I can tell you that uh, Boss Cat is the reason I say they're second best is because they're freeze dried. And so, of course, any pathogen or any any junk in there is going to be a uh, removed. It's going to kill it. because It's going to take all the water out and then you have to rehydrate it. So it's, in my opinion, almost raw, <laughs> yeah. but it has gone through some processing, which is the freeze drying process. But to me, that's uh, one step ahead uh, and only one step below actual, you know, raw, raw stuff. So and it, it, it is to
1: point out too, that even, you know, any food, you know, you can buy um, a wet canned food. Any food can become a problem if people aren't careful. So if you're leaving you yeah. wet food out all day long for your cat, that's prime breeding ground for, you know, all kinds of bacteria and, you know, yucky Definitely. science experiments that we don't want to be doing on our cats. And the same thing with the water. You really need to change um, the water, clean the water bowl daily because, again, that microfilm can appear on, on top of the water. And, and that's a sign that, you know, things are brewing mm-hmm. in there that you don't want your cat to drink. So, you know, pe- all. it's great to um, feed your cat the best. It's great to feed your cat high quality cat food, but all of that is going to be negated if, if we as people don't practice really good hygiene with our cat. So huh. I see people who leave the same food <laughs> out all day long for their cat and the cat probably won't eat it because it starts to smell, it doesn't, yeah. the cat can detect it's not fresh, but if the cat does eat it, if the cat has seen your cat and maybe doesn't have the best sense mm-hmm. of smell anymore, you know, you're you're asking for problems. So, no matter what you feed your cat, you know, really think about practicing very, very good hygiene, um, keeping things fresh skills.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's and it's two things worth mentioning is that, uh, you know, with, with, my, with this food, with the old food that I used to feed them, yeah, I... wouldn't eat it so quickly so it would sit there with this food it there's no chance for it to sit there all day because you know they eat it quick you know within a half hour it's gone but um but there's another thing even dry food and kibble which i do not recommend but uh but some people insist on on it some vets insist on it so fine so go ahead and do that but uh but even dry food and kibble if it's not properly stored can be a problem can be a deadly problem because i've heard of people who buy these large lovely and convenient plastic containers and stick all the kibble in there and the kibble will develop mold the kibble will develop toxic mold spores uh and people have lost their cats to that yeah cats and have died was, because of that
1: and it can live in the plastic because plastic is porous and plastic can have little cracks that we don't see we don't
0: see so if you're if you're if you're feeding your cat kibble that's that's not a a, a automatic uh easy you know i don't need to worry about the hygiene situation you still do just as much as the rest of us do uh and when you're storing it you're going to want to store it in its original packaging and then you can put it in some plastic thing but you're not going to want to dump it into the plastic and, th- and throw away the original packaging yeah. because then the plastic is going to absorb all the stuff and you don't want that. So what you want is keep the original packaging because then you also have the date, the expiry date on it and everything. Uh, but then also you have that barrier and then you can put in the plastic and it might look better or, or it'll be more conveniently stored and everything. Uh, but we want to be careful of that because I've heard too many uh, cases of people losing their cats uh, to nothing more than improper storage of dry cat food, which is supposed to be the easiest to, to manage, but apparently it's not. So uh, it's a re- really good point about the hygiene. So thank yeah. you for bringing that up because hygiene is really important in what we do with our cats. Uh, if you think, would you eat off of that plate or would you eat that food that's been rotting in the, in the, in the heat for six or seven hours? And if the answer is no, then the answer is also you should not be feeding that to your cat. Uh, let's be honest. Yes, because right?
1: picky is we are, cats are even pickier. Their sense of smell is much more um, defined than ours is. So anything that we would not want to go near, your cats are even more particular about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and 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 so it's it's, but more more than just smell. It's like like you said the, oh, the film, the stuff. Would you drink that water with the icky film on the top of it? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch that. So. Your cats should probably not be drinking that, too. And I know there's people thinking, oh, well, the cats seem to love the the puddle of water outside on the street much better than they do this thing or the the water from the fish tank or the, (laughs) you know, maybe because it has a bit more flavor to it or whatever does not mean it's good for them just because they go after. It's like when you go out there and you want like a Coca-Cola, There's I mean, a Coca-Cola will strip battery acid off a car battery. It is not something that's fit for human consumption ever and clean a toilet with it but (laughs) so many people love it and drink it and all that doesn't mean it's good for you there's no redeeming quality to that stuff but you do it same thing with your cat They like it they like the taste it's not good for them they do it anyway
1: (laughs) yeah and and cats are attracted to the movement in the water so that that's usually the main reason they might go um to a puddle or water outside is that that movement
0: yeah so you can get like a cap fountain they might yes. like that although yes. mine don't i tried and they just they avoid it so it's like okay so i got rid of it so i just have to make sure i change the water on a daily yes. basis but I have water balls on every floor and i change it on a right re- every day and they're fine they're fine with it so i think that's probably the moral of the story there when it comes to that so um I mean the springtime has like we said the plants and the the wetness that comes with it as well and then there's the birds and the bees and we mentioned a bit earlier that sometimes eating some kind of you know dead bird or whatever uh might introduce some unhealthy pathogens into the cat uh and then the insects you know so we need to be careful of those things too uh my cats are not very good hunters so they don't tend to bring home any gifts they don't tend to You know uh catch any insects but what would you recommend uh in that regard what you recommend in terms of keeping them away from the bird feeder away from the birds or if i have a bird uh and also with the insects should i let them play with the little spider and fly or a bee or whatever or is that a a real risk
1: i mean i feel like if you have the occasional spider or ant in your house it's probably not a huge risk bees can sting cats so that's a little bit of a different story if i I, I once saw one of my cats playing with something. I walked over to see what it was, and it was like one of those big puffy bumblebees. So I was like, oh, they don't think this is a good idea. Um, and again, going back to allergies, I mean, I don't know if you know anyone who is allergic to you know, insect bites or bee bites, but cats can be the same way. They can be allergic as well. So you know, kind of use your best judgment. I don't think the occasional spider or ant is a really big worry. I think bees and birds are a whole different story. Um, you know if you're letting your cat out obviously you can't supervise the cat all the time and many times they bring the bird home <laughs> rather than eating it themselves so then you can just toss it i mean most of our indoor domesticated cats even though they have that hunter instinct and they want to chase those birds and they want to you know catch the birds and sink their teeth into it and sink their claws into it many times they don't actually eat it because they're not that hungry and they have this lovely menu that we provide for them at home so if the cat brings home a bird just toss the bird um yeah
0: yeah, yeah. yeah and and <laughs> something <laughs> almost uh, i'm amusing myself with this one uh because uh what what does come to mind when you uh said that is uh spiders obviously that doesn't go for if Like some kind of black widow spider or or brown recluse spider that would kill you. That goes
1: without saying, I hope.
0: Don't let your cat play with that or the tarantula or whatever. We're talking about just the little daddy long legs or the little house spider that's not dangerous for you. It's not so dangerous for the cat. They can eat it. It's fine. It's not the best, but it's it's also not going to. Hopefully not going to kill them, and then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one in a million. But yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't go for the the really you know nasty ones. And for my friends in Australia, that doesn't go for the dinner plate sized monsters that you have over there either. I wouldn't want to be anywhere near that in the same room. I'd be terrified. And I think you should keep your cat away from that thing too. <laughs>
1: Just- yeah, I mean clearly, you know, if you're aware that there's a tarantula or a black widow in your house, you probably have bigger problems than what your cat might do. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah uh,
1: poisonous spiders are a big no-no the typical daddy long legs like you said the little ones that sort of mm. creep in this time of year is, is not a big issue not a big deal yeah
0: and uh and that that's uh that's that so on that note i want to not forget to to introduce everyone to we mentioned earlier that dr rachel does not charge for her services this is a gift to not humanity it's a gift to felanity or feline you know the feline world and humanity And so if you do need, uh, if you're thinking of surrendering your cat, don't. At least give her a chance to help you keep your cat in its home. And it's uh, the website is drrachelcatbehavior.com. For those of you who are listening in the future, rather than watching, it's d-r-r-a-c-h-e-l-c-a-t-b-e-h-a-v-i-o-r, drrachelcatbehavior.com. That's the website. And... Uh, for anyone listening who's worried about finances and everything, All Cats All The Time, a cat, through her website, is a non-profit uh, that she has started to help facilitate people getting things that they need uh, for their cats. Uh, so please, you know, uh, this is accessible, this is of course in the United States, and so uh, go to that website if you're thinking of surrendering your cat. Before you do, give it give it a chance you know, free session. It's not going to cost you. Worst worst thing you can do is, uh, you know, worst case scenario, she'll give you a refund of all the money that you invested with her, which is nothing. So uh, so that's the thing. And Dr. Rachel, uh, before we end off today, uh, this, uh, you reached a milestone with your book recently, didn't you? The, uh, uh, Or am I mistaken? Or was that a while ago and you just reposted it?
1: Um, what was the milestone? Refresh my memory. Because I of think it was so,
0: of sort of it hit stuff. some bestseller category or oh, something oh, like that.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, because I have four four point five stars on Amazon. So that's the Amazon one. five stars is the best you can do. My book has been deemed four point five. So that was that was exciting. I mean, and so share are, with
0: us the title of the book.
1: So the book is called "Saving the World One Cat at a Time," and a hundred percent of the proceeds from my book go to cat shelters, cat welfare, um, groups that provide grants to cats. Um, so not only does it make a great gift, you know, we have graduations coming up, we have weddings, we have birthdays, um, you know, so you can buy the book, you can learn a lot about cats and you can know that your money is going to a very, very good cause as well. I don't make any money on the book. 100% of the money that comes my way goes out another way to, to help cats.
0: So I highly encourage everyone to, to go to Amazon uh, wherever you are, whether it's UK or US and search for uh, Saving the World One Cat at a Time by Dr. Rachel Geller and get a copy. And uh, and then and then you'll be helping to save the world one cat at a time because 100 percent of the profits and proceeds go, you know, to cat shelters and cat organizations in, in the USA. And uh, and none of it goes to Dr. Rachel Yeller. So we have two comments, and then we'll end the show. Let's see. So ah, okay. This is this is good. Uh, just be careful with spiders and ants too. Some people may put out deterrent. You don't know what chemicals people use sometimes. That's very true. Because I I've used it because I had an ant problem a while ago, and I put some you know poison on there to kill them. So you're going to want to be very careful because that that insect might be carrying something that is a you know, to to kill it, but but it's just not dead yet. So that's a very good one. We wanna be very, very, very careful with that. And then we have, of course, yes. So um, Flea X from the two crazy cat ladies works great with other bugs too. It absolutely does. I have some, I use it. I think Dr. Rachel knows about it. The two crazy cat ladies uh, both have been on this show. And I highly endorse and recommend all of their products. They are phenomenal products. They are not just safe for cats. You could actually put the flea spray in your mouth and spray, and, and swallow it and it wouldn't harm you at all. That's how safe it is. So, you know, uh, go to, if, if anyone wants it, it's, uh, you know, go to thekittyboss.com forward slash the number two crazy forward slash number two C-R-A-Z-Y, crazy, too crazy kittyboss.com forward slash too crazy and you can get those products so thank you for reminding us about that and then lastly we have a thank you from uh somebody who is not identifiable in this sense but it's great thank you dr geller for another great show yes thank Thank you, you dr rachel for a wonderful show uh it's always been great to catch up with you is there anything you'd care to say or ask before we end the show
1: no just thank you very much for the shout outs you know for my website for my book and for my foundation thank you
0: definitely as you know we're your biggest fans so uh so thank you for joining us and we'll see you next month dr rachel so thanks guys remember the uh 11 uh, most uh common toxic plants for cats list again if you need a copy or anything then just let me know and uh otherwise remember to uh share this podcast share this episode with your friends get as many people as you can i'm on a mission to get a hundred, a million more cats adopted in the world and all those only people to find a lifetime of unconditional love. And along the way, I'm helping as many people as I can with the best information out there on cats. Basically, sift, sort, and separate all that confusing crap on the internet and showing you only what works and omitting everything that is questionable or doubtful, or we don't know. Uh, so that's that's kind of the Sort of the mission I'm on and the work that I'm doing. Hence, we have Dr. Rachel here, the two crazy cat ladies, the founder of Bella and Duke, I'm trying to show you the best stuff because I've done all the heavy lifting. Uh, Bella Donna Doolittle says, thank you both. Well, thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it and it's always great. And of course, thank you for you know coming in and, and doing that. Oh, and we have one last gift for everybody. Kitty Boss 10 code is still active for Scoop Buddy. Ah, yes, I mentioned this thing. So if you need help with your litter box, uh, our friends at Catsavant, which uh, their product is called the Scoop Buddy. Uh, you can use my code and you get that discount, kittyboss10. Uh, so go there. It's a really great, really great product. So thank you for reminding us there. You should just come back on the show and we'll talk about it again. Uh, and thanks for a great show. Yes. And thank you for being here. It's been great. So we'll see you next time. For another episode of Catching Up with Dr. Rachel Geller. And in the meantime, I've got some more guests cooking for you. So stay tuned and watch this space as we like to say.